We go under the specter of the gun and delve into the seedy underbelly of a galaxy where an Imperial agent observes from the shadows through a sniper scope. Then we'll jump to light speed and cross the galaxy to visit the front lines of the war where we'll observe the heroics of Republic troopers doing what they do best, blowing things up. Then we'll round out the show with a lively discussion on the latest BioWare Q&A and take a look at some of the upcoming patch, one, some of the upcoming 1.3 patch information. All that and more on this week's episode of Torqued. Time for Torque, the Star Wars The Old Republic podcast with unlimited power. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week are our two lovely hosts. Hi there, Heather. Hello there, Chris. And hello there, Nikki. Hello, Chris. Now, we're doing episode six live on April 30th for release on May 1st, 2012. And uh, we've got a bunch of stuff coming up in episode six, Spectre of the Gun. But uh, before we get to the news, and before we introduce our first math segment... The ladies want to talk a little imper- Imperial Agent and Republic Trooper. Sure, I'll take it. Um, so, with the Imperial Agent, uh, starting off at the top, fitting into the MMO Trinity, the uh, the Imperial Agent is pretty much a very potent DPS on both sides, whether you pick Sniper or Operative. They're both just ridiculously powerful DPS classes, but also if you're going with the operative, you have a second option as running healer. Mm. It's um, actually just from what I've seen, especially since patch 1.2 and seeing a few guildies who run operative, very, very solid healer class and very well-rounded, very okay. well-built. Um, then just uh, moving, of course, into the advanced classes, starting off with that operative, stealthy DPS in the concealment tree. It's um, unfortunately received a slight nerf to that concealment tree in mm. patch 1.2, but still very potent, um, very rogue-esque from if there's anyone's from some previous MMOs, that's kind of how it feels to play. Poison daggers, fibro knives, very stabby in the back <laughs> sort, of, sort of stuff. And then, of course, with the healer, um, just uh, healing scan, medic darts, Fun stuff, either way. Very interesting class to play. And then the other one being sniper, you're looking at your sniper rifle in the marksmanship tree for your range. The engineering tree is a little more tech, using droids, explosive, things like that. And then between the two of them, you have the lethality tree, which is um, basically just a lot of the shared skills, the poison dart, um, poison grenades, things like that. And then if you want to hybridize from there, uh, the best way to hybridize is if you're in the operative advanced class and then just mixing your medic in either concealment or lethality. Mm. Uh So in then moving into the companions, um, first one you get as an agent, um, you have uh, Calico Janus. Janus, uh, Range Mm -hmm. tank, a romanceable option for the the males. Uh, You also have Melee DPS, uh, Victor. Hylas. 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 Yeah. I was like, how do you, let's bitcher his name. I can't remember. The the female robot romance option. Uh, Dr. Loken. Loken. I'm pretty sure it's Loken. Yeah, Loken. I thought so. Uh, Healer DPS. And remembering that he transforms into a Rakul. But depending on the, uh, the stance you have him in. So uh, another male romance option, uh, range DPS is Ensign uh, Raina Temple. And you've also got another melee tank, uh, interesting crazy droid, uh, Scorpio. Because you need a crazy droid. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes the, um, the Imperial Agents companions are probably some of the most eccentric people you'll find. Yeah. Kaleo um, Janus especially, she's attacky she's got a very sordid past so that really comes out in her storyline um vector hylas he's um, um he's done um some specific works with the killix if you've been to alderaan you know who the killix are mm-hmm. i won't spoil too much in the storyline but uh, you'll find he's been uh, 
working with them a little, maybe a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> well, Doc, Dr. Loken just transforming into a Rackle, you know, Loken Mad, Loken Smash, Rackle. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Um, Raina Temple's, oddly enough, the one that's the least crazy, because um, she doesn't change into anything. <laughs> but uh, And then there's Scorpio, which uh, if anyone saw the um, April Fool's uh, Star Wars um, videos for the, oh, the ship drop rank. Yes, that's from the the faux romance video that they did for right. the April April Fool's joke. So two VR weight was trying to romance Scorpio. So if anyone saw that, <laughs> yeah, right. he's actually experienced some of the Scorpio storyline. Yeah, yep. it's uh, yep for a, it's rather no, interesting. Okay, for for a fresh out of training guy moving through this, it, I suppose it makes sense that as a you know as this agent that. As you move through, um, you, know, you have option for a conscience. You're trying to move through the imperial agenda that you would gather all these kind of eccentric people to kind of get all of the information you want and to move forward into that, into that storyline, into that life. Huh. Yeah, very cunning, very cloak and dagger storyline. Sounds um, really compelling. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's probably one of the best. Um, if, um, it's um, it has the least amount of canon references when you think about it, but um, yeah. as soon as people get into it and start playing it, it's very well done. Yeah, um, very often especially called a very a deep, very adult without being, you know, adult more like a very deep storyline where it's you know you have to pay where there's a lot going on. There's a lot of backstory for all the characters. Mm, very cool. Very, you know, there's there's a lot of those subtle nuances and some and as we said before, some very eccentric characters. So that's definitely something you can really sink in your teeth into compared to something like the Jedi and Sith. They're both very mm-hmm. their stories we're very used to by comparison to the agent, which right. is very new, very fresh. Well, that's kind of the appeal to it for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm. definitely. Yeah. Something you just totally have not seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh Nikki, do you want to jump over to the Republic Trooper and set us up there? Um, sure. Um, with the trooper, um, oddly enough, um, that's uh, that was my second character to level up. Um, trooper, you're fitting into the MMO Trinity. You have the tanking class, which is a, a shield specialist spec van, um, vanguard advanced class. The DPS, which is pretty much either advanced class, pretty much any tree, just as long as you're not specking into tanking or healing. Mm. And then, of course, the healer spec is the commando advanced class in the uh, combat medic tree. So, essentially, from there, you know, pick your advanced class, go with whatever you're after. Um, With Vanguard, you, of course, tank spec with the shield specialist or the DPS tree with tactics or assault specialist. Keep in mind, um, for the Vanguard, you're going to be much more up close and personal, whereas going with Commando for DPS, you're going to be further back. You've got the big mm-hmm. assault cannon, mm-hmm. those um, um, giant assault cannons that you might have seen in like the Clone Wars, things like that. Those absolutely gigantic blasters that just seem to blow everything into yeah. million pieces. And then, let's see, with healing, uh, the combat medic that's of course uh, commando uh, very similar in some ways to the bounty hunter healing spec um so just um generally speaking for hybridization from there um some it's a little more subtle from what i've seen primarily just um going to mostly up the gunnery tree for DPS and then just dropping, say, your last um, 8 to 10 points in your combat medic if you're a commando or, for example, if you're a vanguard, let's say you're primarily tanking, but you decide you want a little bit more uh, offensive punch, you can drop some extra points into the tactics, which um, gives you, uh, I think, um, like a vibro knife, something like that, just to add a little bit of uh, extra punch. Soon. Yeah. And yes, the, and soon, yeah. For, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, for the companions with this character, uh, one good thing is with all the gear, heavy armor, all kind of aim endurance, great hand me down material. 
Ah, yeah. But you don't have to worry so much about going out there and worrying about each different one. Um, yes, that was huge when I was leveling up yeah. my trooper. Was just just pass everything down the line as soon as you get right. uh, mm-hmm. new stuff. Just keep passing it on, and it was great. Yeah. Everyone searched for companions gear. Hmm. I yep. never had to sacrifice, say, picking up commendations to get upgrades for oh, my yeah. armor because I'm keep passing my stuff down. So I was never having to worry about picking up companion armor as quest rewards. Yeah, I like the family that. who's every little kid gets the pass me downs. <laughs> Down the line. <laughs> but, but in a video game, it's a good thing. Well, yeah, because it's much easier that way. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, your ranged DPS is Eric Jor- Jorgen, it's a Cathar, and oddly enough, a female romance, should hmm. you wish to go uh, hang out with him. Uh, a large like your cat a little too much. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> if cat uh, does it for you. <laughs> yeah. Slightly less crazy is Alara Dorn, uh, an actually imperial defector. And a male romance option. Uh. So she kind of has that going on. You know, a lot of her story seems like, oh, great, I'm an Imperial Defector. Oh, yes. Okay. Everyone don't hate me. Okay. Um, M14X, a uh, range tank, uh, prototype battle droid. I saw him and I just thought he was cool. Little, just crawling around uh, a battle droid that looked really neat. Uh, Tano Vic, another melee tank, loose cannon, you know. Just big soldier guy. Yeah, he's a little he's a little nuts. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, explosives and demolitions expert who likes their job a little too much. Well, I think somebody's... there's been enough of those guys in some movies. You know, that sounds like the right kind of companion to have. Though, as long as he's on your, he's on your side. Well, yeah, mm. <laughs> and, and, you know, to balance him out, you've got that philosophical soldier, uh, melee DPS uh, Yoon. Okay, so it kind mm-hmm. of balances out a little bit. You got the crazy. You know, gun happy person, a little more philosophical. Right. The philosophical mm. soldier. Yeah. And Yoon's pretty interesting. He's a Gand, so every pretty much everything he says is all subtitled, but uh <laughs> he's 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 almost like kind of having Yoda around just the way he talks. It's kind of this very um as kind of as Shonot say, he's just very philosophical, speaks in, you know, just kind of a almost very omniscient way and some sometimes referring to himself in the third person. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the show notes, all of this stuff is broken out in the show notes. If you go to jupiterbroadcasting.com, look for Torque 6. A lot of these points that the ladies are covering will be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then just moving on to the uh, Republic Trooper storyline really quick, um, which you're going, basically who you are is you start off the game when you're a trooper, you are Recently out of the academy, you're in Spec Force Division. You're the new, you're a new young hotshot joining um, the Republic military's most elite unit called Havoc Squad. And yep. essentially, you take on the missions that no one else can. You are okay. the when the army of one needs needs something, you get sent. Awesome. So kind of, you know, that's kind of how it is for my Sith Inquisitor too. Is mm-hmm. uh, when there's uh, when they've sent in the troops and nobody's been able to get the job done, they send me in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of that same vibe. Yep. Well, interesting. So, so in, I'll just give a quick equipment rundown for both cl- the uh, the classes. Yeah. So with um, the Imperial Agent, uh, to start off with, um, cunning is your primary stat, oh, period. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, look, uh, all you're going to be looking for from there on in is after you're boosting your cunning, then you're definitely going to want to try and strike the balance to boost out your crit rating and your surge rating more than anything else, because, of course, with your sniper, you're trying to get those really powerful shots off, or powerful explosive droid, an agent, you're trying to, or sorry, an operative, you want the the fiber knife stab to be really potent or really strong heal, so you're going to want to boost the crit, so of course the crits are going to be much are much more frequent, and then also the surge just to make those crits that much more potent. Mm. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I wouldn't worry so much about the power stat, just because you're going to you're going to try and make those crits and um, that much more often and that much bigger. So those really aren't something huge to worry about. Um, the only other thing you might want to consider is throwing a little bit of alacrity in there, so you can get that uh, ambush or snipe off a little bit quicker. Or in the case of uh, the operative healer, to get the some some of those 
deals cast a little bit quicker if you need to get them to save teammates' Mm -hmm. life. Then moving on to the trooper, um, essentially what you're going to be after is aim for most of the classes, with the exception, of course, tanking. But with um, the commandos or DPS vanguards, aim primary stat, and then power crit surge and alacrity, pretty much in that order. Um, crit and surge can take more of a priority for commandos doing uh, the gunnery tree, doing DPS. You want a little bit more crit and surge than you will want anything else, just to make yourself um, really potent damage output. Whereas um, with um, something like the vanguards or um, the commando healer, then power to make your, your power is going to be a little bit more important, make the heals overall more more potent and also get some of that alacrity if you're a healer get those cast times down a little bit just so you can say again save teammates save companion so they don't end up dead and then lastly endurance being your primary focus if you are a tanking vanguard then after that look for armors and things like that with uh, defense shield and absorption ratings boost boost those up so you're just you are a walking fortress and you know just covered in durasteel and you know, well, you know Sith can swing at you with their lightsaber all day nothing's gonna happen <laughs> big giant wall between you know bad guys and everyone who's actually trying to kill and your healers is, is slightly useful sometimes mm-hmm. absolutely all right well there you go there is the torqued summary of the imperial agent and the republic trooper now one of the things that's been going on since uh torqued five is a lot of talk in the media about Star Wars The Old Republic's numbers. So I think it's our yeah. turn to give our take on it in the Torch News. It's time for the Torch News. The first story, just like I teased a moment ago, is uh, the whole Star Wars The Old Republic losing num- losing players, not losing players. Well, of course, yeah. uh, Bioware uh, came out and was talking with GameSpot's uh, editor yeah. and said that they claimed that their subscribe numbers are not dipping. But the concurrent the, users are. Yeah, so just kind of saying that that's, that's the reason why they're, you know, the light server populations that you see when you log in. And some people have been kind of uh, concerned about that, saying, oh, how, how many, how much of the numbers dropped? Like you said, they're just saying that it's concurrent numbers, and there's a chance that should this continue, they might offer some sort of uh, server merges or free character transfers to um, certain servers to maybe boost the population of those give people a better you know active population any at any one time right uh what do you think does that kind of sound like to me it sounds a little bit like crap because you don't generally have low concurrent players unless you have less players and you're not generally talking server merges unless you're expecting not to have a lot more players well, in my experience Possibly. I mean, you don't want to oversell the fact that there's lower numbers. I mean, it's a brand new MMO. You want to say, yeah, you it have seems the numbers. Like me. But it, to me, might, I guess maybe a better way to say is it seems like spin. Well, you know, a couple months in, there it's perfectly reasonable to say that people will be logging on at different times. They're not spending, you know, sure. twenty hours a day on that the initial game. burst of like, oh my god, new, I gotta check it out is over. Yeah. Must live on Tatooine, must live on Hoth right. for a month right. and not, you know, peer at the real world sun or right. anything. Right. But, you know, it's it's died down a little bit. So it's understandable there'd be some some concurrent user dip in population. Word. Now the the future will see exactly what's going on, but I'm hopefully not worried too much about this. No, mm-hmm. hopefully not. In fact we've got another yeah. story that might help with that. But uh Nick, you have any thoughts on that? Um yeah. I was just um looking through some of what was said and um there was definitely kind of that original hype the game gets released but um one of the things i think that's been happening is that a lot of servers got open and a lot of people went on a lot of different servers yeah. Yeah. whereas because um you know things have kind of died down some of the, mm-hmm. the hype's gone away and we're just seeing especially just with um the torque crew itself um some of those server populations uh 
reason I think some of them are dwindling is because all of a sudden friends realized um, other friends or old friends, old acquaintances, old gaming buddies, they're on different servers and Mm -hmm. they've essentially decided, and some of them have actually decided, okay, well, I have my character over on this server, but because I want to play with all my friends and they're all over on the other server, I'm going to bite the bullet and remake my character on the server with all my friends. So the reason you're seeing those light populations in part, I think, is because people are doing their own um, self-serve server migration, as it were. Whereas, um, you know, and not waiting for character transfer. I think a lot of them will still transfer those characters after the fact. But I think that's kind of the biggest thing is those people who Mm -hmm. came in just to try it out. That's kind of died off, so that's where you're getting some of the light population. It's but just also a swing. People, when we just when mm-hmm. we just locked, when the game was fresh, you had those extremely long wait periods for some people, <laughs> and yeah. we all pulled out our hair, and you know, and it's it's died down a little bit now. And so everyone's like, wait, now right. I'm complaining mm-hmm. about now, the population right. not being high enough. It'll stabilize out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and I also some of some of the stuff like um there was rumors about losing giant amounts of people and i think it's just some of that i think is there's a few per, perhaps few mmos getting a little long in the tooth i won't name names um hmm. you know going and introducing kung fu pandas or something crazy like yeah. that but um oh, yeah. essentially they're you know they're just um making up stuff to you know rain on the new person's parade Nikki, while we're uh, chatting with you, you had a story about PV ch- PvP changes, and uh, one of the uh, Greg Zuler, right? He came out and uh, was mm-hmm. giving us some background info. What did you get? Um, yeah, that's uh, just another quick update for the PvPers. Uh, what's ended up happening is the formula for expertise rating has changed, and if anyone's doing a lot of PvP, they are already familiar with uh, expertise. But for those who aren't, um, Expertise is basically introduced when you hit level 50. Your PvP, all of a sudden, you're not just basing it on your regular stats. Expertise comes into play. And essentially what that does is it gets your boost for um, your buffs, uh, damage resistance from other players, boosts your damage output against other players, your healing, and that sort of thing. So what they've done is they've changed it so that PvP gear is now even more important because they were finding that uh, certain raid gear was actually doing more for um, players in PvP than the PvP gear was. And I actually think this is kind of a good thing that they're making the expertise more um, making the expertise more relevant so that um, once you hit level 50, you have that completely new stat that makes allows PvP to kind of be its own self-contained thing so that um because i always think that there needs to be a little bit of a disconnect between pvp and pve because um you really don't want a situation where um you know uh one of one or the other system is causing or affecting negatively affecting the other so you don't want the player versus environment content or content negatively affecting pvp and vice versa so by making the expertise stat more important, you basically end up with this in a situation where you go, you get your PvP gear, you go in PvP, great, you're more effective with that gear. But then because you were a hardcore PvP or leveling up, it doesn't necessarily give you an advantage with gear by going in there. Or if you're a very good raider, you can all of a sudden get gear that's superior to people who just PvP. Yeah, the, which is essentially PvP. what George Solar was addressing. Yeah, that PvE PvP balance in gear is, you know, is always going to be an interesting. How do they do it? How do they balance it? And mm-hmm. what's important in various places? Yeah, they just wanted to make absolutely sure that PvP gear is best for PvP. PV player versus environment gear is best for raiding, hard mode flashpoints, etc. So there's not, um, you know, a situation where one set of gear from the other pool is actually better than something from you know, the the first pool and they're mixing and certain people are kind of getting shortchanged because they don't raid or they don't PvP or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good points. All right, well, this might help with uh, their whole numbers uh, problem that we were talking about. Uh, the TV, There's a TV campaign launching, and mm-hmm. on top of that, 
Bioware is expanding Star Wars Old Republic into new European and Middle Eastern countries. So this is interesting because it's actually three, I believe, separate videos that are all up on YouTube right now. So you can actually check them out. We have links in the show notes. But there's a video for the Legacy, video for the Jedi, and a video for the Sith. And I believe these are going to be aired in all kinds of different areas, not just the ones that they're launching in uh, coming up. So this could mm-hmm. be a decent push. Maybe we'll see some subscriber numbers go up from this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and it'll be very helpful for the people in those locations. You know, it'll have a server closer to them. So that'll be, you know, nice and uh, have quicker availability for them. Right, mm-hmm. right. And something else to point out, if somebody saw the original set of commercials from tour these newer commercials they also have the um i think it's lance henriksen i uh, he played uh, bishop in the aliens uh, movies he's voice of master nostral on the on tour's website but um he's doing the voiceovers for these commercials if you see them he's you know just he's very well done voiceover mm-hmm. talking about you know just with especially with the jedi and sith trailers from um just kind of selling it and just I think there's. Are you this kind of a person? Some... You should be a Jedi. Are you that kind of a person? You should be the Sith. Mm-hmm. You know, very. Just take our personality test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a good, or good set of visuals, and you know, next round, really trying to sell the game, kind of like how we saw, again, um, another to be unnamed, MMO breaking out. People like Mr. T and Chuck Norris and William Shatner. Now, wow. uh, one of the things that they slipped into the 1.2 patch was actually mm-hmm. this framework to detect what players were attempting to do as exploits in the game. Nikki, did you see the story about action being taken against exploits in Sheets? Um, yes, I did. Um, with 1.2, they decided to take a few extra measures because they were seeing, again, um, in primarily in PvP here, uh, speed pa- hacking and teleportation cheats. So just generally people being able to move a lot faster and or teleporting. And I know that you know, as, as soon as people start cheating, you know, not only, you know, they're just generally ruining the game experience for a lot of people who legitimately want to go in there and play. And I also wouldn't be surprised if maybe the reason why uh, the ranked war zones were held back, part of the reason, aside from making them look that much better, is they all of a sudden, you know, they were seeing this going on, they were monitoring it, they weren't able to track it down as m- well as they wanted to whereas now they figure they've got a good way to watchdog it mm. so now mm. with ranked war zones because it's for your ranking you know it's they're playing in the big leagues for those ranked war zones they don't want people exploiting it so if anything um props to anyone looking at um, the pvp making sure these exploits are no longer happening because the last thing you want is um someone coming in running exploits and cheating and ruining the experience because that's just not fair to anyone who's you know legitimately trying to get become that war right. hero and right. yeah, yeah, I mean, get on top of the rankings you know it's losing the fun it's losing the match it's there's a lot of things going on that you just want everyone to play on the same set of rules yeah absolutely mm-hmm. uh yeah. and go ahead Oh, I was just going to say the one thing Bioware definitely doesn't want, especially to for people to take uh, their PvP seriously. You don't want to have any chance that uh, someone's going to say, "Oh, the best PvP in in Star Wars: The Old Republic is probably using exploits." This way, crack down on it. It's not even a discussion anymore. Then what am I going to blame when I lose? Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, Star Wars: The Republic's game director popped up this week and uh, yes. talked a little game event stuff, didn't he, Heather? Yes, I very much loved the loved the Rakul event. Yeah. It, you know, admitted it was a really popular event. That more things like this are going to go on in the future, where it just sort of pops up in game. There have actually been a couple of smaller events that are kind of have snuck in. Um, that have passed, you know, a certain color crystal egg or some little pets um, through Easter eggs or whatever. So there, there's a lot of different sizes and a lot of different ways you could find it out and how well they announce it. One thing I did see is they're interested in making them one-off events. So what I was reading is that it may be possible that the Rackle event was a Rackle event. Does it come back or not? Question mark. You know, so you can say, hey, I remember when we, we had that, when that happened, we got this pet. So it's interesting. They put a lot of work into this. Mm-hmm. So you, I 
on one hand, think that it would be something that these kind of big events would come back. But it seems to me that they're thinking about making it just this happened in history. It's, it's kind of interesting how they did it, right? Because they didn't create, uh, well, for the part that I played, there uh-huh. wasn't any new maps generated. It was just taking yeah. the existing assets and adding new NPCs and things like that yeah. to them. So yeah, I guess it seems like an economical way to do it. Well, yeah, it's definitely the way to do it. It's not that you don't have to create, like I said, you don't have to create a whole new map. You mm-hmm. can just dump these activities into this area and mm-hmm. pull them out when it's re- when it's done. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, there were, you know, NPCs and, you know, a lot of visual assets made. So it would be interesting if these kind of things were one-off events. And it makes that more compelling that to stick with your character. James Olin, mm-hmm. is it Olin? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Okay. We have a link to his Twitter account, yeah. too, in the show notes. Yes, we do. And something I can just think just worth mentioning briefly is even this, well, two things. With the way the Rackle event works with this one, it gives Star Wars Young Republic um, a much more finite timeline. Because when you think about how they've done, uh, especially the Bioware uh, games, there was the Knights of the Old Republic, there was, of course, its sequel. And then now with the Old Republic, it's there's a very definite timeline. There are characters that are ever-present in this timeline. So they're probably wanting to make this um, the events and the game in and of itself exist in a certain period of time and really give you that continuity Yeah. so that mm-hmm. as the game progresses, they can say, you know, especially just with the Rackles being self-contained, there's there's, they can start with saying, okay, it starts on Taurus, then at this point it moved to Tatooine, there was an outbreak, and then it was, you know, it subsided, and then it moves to another planet, there's some new content, so the Rackgold event can come back, but it's not the same. Right. It happens in a chronological True. order. It spreads, that, yeah. yeah. So yeah. there is a historical mm-hmm. timeline so, going on throughout all these events that... Well, and it makes you want to get in and, and play them all, too, because you don't want to well, miss yeah. it. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And anyone who, say hasn't subscribed to Star Wars yet, they would see, hey, they've got these events. They hear about the Rackle events when it so when and they hear about the next one coming. Anyone who hasn't been there to experience it is just really pumped to see it come back. Right, right. Or, yeah. Yeah. And the latest incarnation of something like that. Speaking of things that are really pumped, EA's stock got some pumping this week, didn't it, Nikki? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh there was a rumor that Nexon uh Korean company was uh, considering buying out uh, EA or just uh, something, uh, the exact one, uh, Nexon contacting EA about making an offer, no word as to what was going to happen. But essentially, um, in, I think in a lot of cases, and quoting our ex- our expert here, um, the idea just the idea of Nexon buying out uh, Electronic Arts seems just a little preposterous, given the amount of cash it would take from you know for Nexon to build up in order for them to actually acquire EA. Yeah, and um, essentially, if anything, and what you'd be seeing is something perhaps more like a merger. Mm. Um, hmm. There is possibility that maybe somebody's there's going to be um, uh, an, a divestiture and acquisition possibility perhaps you know swapping of divisions you know if nixon's got some um stake in north america ea's got some stake over in asia somewhere they'll do a trade Mm -hmm. or perhaps some kind of a merger sort of thing but the idea of a sheer buyout um just seems a little bit far-fetched but um also there's certain possibilities you know if there was like a buyout or some kind of merger or takeover that um, U.S. government could step in because, of course, then there's uh, the monopoly. monopoly laws. Yeah. That'd be and really big, and, yeah. And also, there's um, there might be slight uh, possibility of you know um, U.S. job protection coming in there. But again, this yeah, there's a know, lot of this is all moving, this is so. all very out there because, of course, it's rumor. They all yeah. both companies say we don't speculate on rumors. And, well, well, I guess know, we'll know more. I mean, we'll just kind of look at it and watch the story and see what happens. Maybe yeah. nothing will happen. You never know. Yeah. And like you said, Nexon could have made an offer for any number of random things. It doesn't mean the whole company. <laughs> it could have just been certain assets changing hands or EA is trying to get rid of something. Because again, Asian market, they're trying to get rid of stuff that, you know, it's kind of like um, the fifth wheel. So give yeah. it to somebody who can actually make use of the assets. Right. Just that sort of thing. If 
that makes sense. I think it's more likely yeah. than any yep. than any big huge blockbuster deal. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, let's uh, let's keep moving right along because we're going to kick it over to our first math segment in Torque, and this week Heather's going to tell us all about rested XP. Welcome to the Torch Math segment. Heather is here, and we're going to talk rested XP. I think all of us are probably pretty familiar with the concept, but SOTOR does its own implementation, and Heather's had a chance to go through the numbers, and you're going to break it down for us, aren't you, Heather? Yes. All right, so tell me about rested XP and how I can maximize my rested XP. Okay. Well, rested XP, it's intended for players, uh, kind of give a boost to XP for players who may not be able to log on as often as some of their friends. So if you or be able to get in the game as much often as you want to. So if you log out in a rest area, um, like it's Cantina, the fleet, your personal ship, mm-hmm. when you log out, it sort of boosts, it gives you this boost. You yeah. see it um, as a green bar whenever you come back in. Right, sort of an overlay over the existing XP area, and I've noticed that the longer I'm away from the game in these rested areas, the more rested XP I get. That's right. So, you build up this rested XP, and you get a higher uh, XP rate for each kill, you know, and various things that you do. So, what it breaks down to is you get about, you can get 100% of your current level over the course of a week. Oh, okay. So, if it takes, you know, 20,000 for the level you're at, you can gain up to that much of rested XP, even if it rolls into the next level. So if I'm gone for a week, I essentially get my entire XP amounts worth of rested XP as well. So that's pretty nice, actually. So it pretty much maths out to about 14.3% per day. Okay. So you can get that extra boost per day. So what you might want to do is you have, have secondary characters or alts, make sure you log them out in a rest zone so when you come back you can get that boost to get them caught up much faster right there you go now so so if it's uh so if it's based off that then if i'm at a higher level then that actually would probably mean i get it takes longer or does it is it t- does it take the same amount of time depending on my level it's just the amount that i get is different is that how it works it scales the same so okay. at level 20 it takes a week at level 49 it takes a week oh, okay that's so easy. it's just the amount of XP for that level. You know, so a level, you know, 45 or 49, it is more XP than you would get at 20. You know, the 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 exact number. Um level 24 takes 126 and a half thousand roughly. Right. So you can get that much XP points doubled for however long until you use it up. And so it's at the weak point that it just stops collecting rested XP and you're just not yeah. getting any kind of benefit? Yeah, you're there not you getting any extra benefit. Yeah, And then, of but, course, you know when you've played through it because the green bar below is no longer green anymore. It's just your regular yeah. XP bar. Yep. Any other tidbits we should know about rested XP? Uh, not much. It's just it's really handy for, like I said, the secondary characters. Or you know, if you're able to play every day, maybe a friend can't. Yeah. Then it'll help them bridge the gap between the two of you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, there's uh, there's Torque's look at Rested XP. I think we've got some community Q&A now. Welcome back. Now, uh, the uh, community Q&A kicked off this week, April 27th. And, uh, Heather, I think you have a little information about events, don't you? Yeah, we were talking about it with the Rackles. There's, they've already have plans for future events. Um, how to make these, you know, server-wide, small, all the different sizes, how they announce them. You know, they've already had great success with these, so they're looking forward to making these come more often in the future. Very nice, very nice. Dual specs? Nikki, you want to take that one? Um, yep, for dual specking, uh, first and foremost, I'm going to have to say shenanigans, Bioware. Uh, dual specking is huge in a lot of other MMOs. Um, there's no current plans um, for for it to be in patch 1.3. Um, looks like it's more along the lines of 1.4. And just to clarify, dual specking is going with, say, a Sith Warrior as an example. Dual specking is the, for example, the tanking tree or swapping over to a damage tree. It's not dual specking as in swapping your advanced class between Juggernaut and Marauder. So in Again, clarification with that, but that, but being able to swap your skill tree on the fly or just before you start a flashpoint sort of thing, that's not any, um, not close right now. So, um, 
said huge it should be something it's really hyped but it's not coming quite yet so it's kind of like come on guys poke poke let's let's see that happen (laughs) (laughs) yeah i hear you they have it tentatively scheduled for 1.4 tentatively scheduled so uh, datacrons and legacy systems came up currently need to be collected on every character to gain the benefits was mentioned also a proposal to have them benefit across all characters in legacy is being considered so I think people mm-hmm. were probably had happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. Crafting yes. math. Yep. Um, crafting math. Um, essentially with uh, baseline uh, crit chance uh, was one of the questions and uh, reverse engineering, things like that. So baseline critical to get uh, your augments, the fourth slot on orange gear or um, the augment slot on a lot of green blue. What you're what you're looking at for those, for getting those crits when crafting an item, if you're at orange difficulty, meaning it's uh, you've just barely unlocked the ability to start making said item, it's about a 10% chance once it goes uh, yellow or um, yellow, green, gray, you're looking at about 15% chance to actually get that crit and then get that extra slot in the game, uh, your piece of gear. And then uh, moving into the companion bonuses for uh, crafting companions with bonafit bonuses uh, specified uh, plus one up to plus five is usually plus one percent to up to plus five percent respectively. So for each plus, there's a percent. Pretty straightforward. And then the affection level as to how that works. The affection level is actually pretty crucial here as uh, using a companion with uh, plus two bonus on say a green level crafting mission with uh, maximum affection it offers you a 22 percent bonus so you're just so you have you're gaining um your maximum affection which of course being 20 percent then your extra two percent for their bonus so be nice to your companions give them some gifts build them up butter them up any way you can (laughs) they'll might be a better companion for you and less are in essentially meaning that uh, every 2,000 points of affection gained plus 1%. So that's just quick and dirty way of looking at it. Every 2,000 points mm-hmm. plus 1% better at everything they do. Yeah. And that even counts your, counts your ship right now with patch 1.2. So even be nice to your ship, right? Even though he won't be quiet. Oh, <laughs> good to know. Thank you for warning me. <laughs> All right, Heather, take it. Uh, social gear. Uh, present, when you go to buy it, they're locked as light, BDM heavy. Uh, patch 1.3, they'll be able to adapt to your proficiency. So if I see an Imperial Trooper helmet, it'll adapt to me so that I have light to my light armor on my Jedi Consular. Or, you know, similarly, if somebody is a, a trooper, sees something on the light gear, it'll transform to them. So I, if I want my digital character to look the absolutely the best she can, I get to, and it will adapt to me. And more choices, the better, as far as what you want to look at and like and how it goes forward into the game. Because the slave girl outfit makes so much sense as heavy armor. Absolutely. Why not? It, <laughs> if it makes sense going into battle, whoever wants to wear it, because you wear it. <laughs> uh, well, while we're talking about uh, some gear a little bit, the question of uh, combination mods while leveling came up. And uh, the answer was basically as such not intended to be optimal for your class while you're leveling. It's more like it's designed to encourage you to seek out a crafter for custom orders, but it'll do the job in the meantime. And I grok that because that's the whole, uh, you know, like for me, I don't craft, but going out and finding somebody else who plays who does craft makes it a social experience. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, just uh, my, uh, those combinations generally make, uh, just will generally make your damage more potent as you're leveling up. But uh, as you, you probably saw with our live play today, I handed Chris some stuff that's generally going to uh, much more specific to his lightsaber, his sorcerer. So join a guild, befriend a crafter that's tuned to your class or do it yourself, and it'll improve your experience. Mm-hmm. Very great, very great. All right, Heather. Oh, gear, oh, gear. Companion gear, unify colors. I was so excited when this came on <laughs> my main character. I don't look like a clown because I am obsessed with exactly how yes, my character wants to look. And <laughs> I want my companion to look the same. I want my companions to look good. So their unifying color is going to be coming. And finally, their little head slot will be able to be, you decide whether it's seen or not, because companion headgear is awful and terrible sometimes. And 
during cutscenes, I just want to take their helmet off. Yeah. Have the cutscene and then mm-hmm. just slap it back on. Yeah. Because I don't want to have a terrible big helmet and have their voice all muffled because they're speaking through a helmet. I agree. Mm-hmm. That that actually was something that, um, well, other than your uh, companion continually looking like a clown changing their gear over, <laughs> that with Blizz, with my bounty hunter, they just <laughs> it was driving me nuts because I would give him my old helmet because he used a similar stance to my bounty hunter and it sounded like he was talking because i mean the helmet is probably as big as blitz so it just <laughs> sounds like he's talking into a cavern and, <laughs> <"Oy."> <laughs> poor blizz uh no, nikki we got one on here flagged for you about uh, loot drops i uh, yes um for anyone who's been in a flashpoint um hardbone flashpoint or in uh, a raid and you've gone through it and then all of a sudden it's like hey that gear that just dropped off that boss, um, that's for a Sith Assassin. We don't have a Sith Assassin in this room. What WTF yeah, and what you know, keyboards yeah. flying and yeah, right. things like that. Well, um, the loot tables are going to be further adjusted and they're going to be increasingly biased toward um, any uh, the classes that are in your group. It's going to be tuned or more finely tuned. So I think it's not just base class, it's going to be tune much more even to advanced class although they don't right. although they don't say it i think that's kind of what they're going for and also um they have pretty much said that in like end game flashpoints have not been using this loot bias thus far that's um going to change and the idea being that this is intended to almost not 100 percent, but almost guarantee high level drop that will be useful to useful to summon in your group during specific in-game flashpoint yeah. and or a raid because the last thing you want again like i said to get something that i mean especially if um it's your base class so but if you're a sniper and you get something that drops for an operative you're just going to be like what i can't finish my set bonus with this and you know you spent those three hours defeating karaga or soa in eternity vault or you know take down um that in the, in the hard mode flashpoint, you're just like, ugh, ugh, it's not what I need. <laughs> it's so close, but not there. Yeah, yeah, it's very frustrating. Almost. The only thing that would make me feel better is if I could yes. pick my character up and move it to a server with all of my friends. I'm sure that's happening yes. really soon, right, Heather? Yes, rolling out early this summer. Ah. Uh, first, there's going to be some free transfers to okay. and from very specific servers. Oh. I think it's kind of along the hot population, low population we were ah. talking about earlier, kind of allowing people to kind of move and congregate. It's, you know, later they're talking about promotional transfers, paid services. I knew that the paid service was going to come. They can't not do that. I'm looking forward to that so I can pick up old characters that I did on my first server, drop them into my, my new friend server. So be able to do that it's nice it's coming all right I'm- early summer's not so bad yeah right i guess not all right we got another uh we have another items q a uh one that came up didn't we nikki mm-hmm. yes this one's regarding the armor set bonuses now right now uh item set bonuses uh can actually have those uh extracted and moved to orange gear so you're moddable you can get whatever look you want based on that orange gear However, um, this is passed through. Um, this is passed through your armoring. So when you, of course, when you open up the gear modification screen, armoring modification and enhancement, it's attached to the armoring piece. Now, something that I know a few people are a little bit peeved about. This only works on new armors added since one point two. Mm. So the all the columnar gear that uh, my Sith uh, sorcerer is wearing can't be passed or can't go and pass on that set oh. bonus but can be passed on with like the uh, the campaign gear which is brand new for the nightmare modes so um you can't pass it on with the older gear being uh tiny's column and ricotta but if you're running those uh, nightmare hard modes yeah or okay. some of the newer gear like i button i believe you might be able to do it with the new battle master but i'm not a hundred percent sure but you can definitely do it with um War Hero, because it's been added past, uh, after patch 1.2, so with PvP armors, um, what you could potentially do is just move move those sets or move the set bonuses over and not just change mods out, things like that. So if you don't like the look of um, 
let's say your campaign gear or you have a very specific look with pieces of orange gear like um the legacy gear you can buy on your capital world you can actually buy that gear swap all your um in-game either pvp uh, mods and set bonuses in or the uh campaign uh, mods into those um very specific orange modable pieces to get that certain look for that um, narcissistic jedi in your life ah. hey <laughs> oh hey, Heather, I, I resemble that Oh it's no, we're not saying anything. I'm just saying it's just, some people. Some people might be interested in that. <laughs> All right. Well, because the 1.2 patch is old and busted, and we need something new and shiny, <laughs> they also slipped out a little info about patch 1.3. One yep. of the features that they're talking about introducing in patch 1.3 is a group finding system. Now, uh, not groundbreakingly new here, but not something every MMO has, and definitely something I'm looking forward to. Uh, also, the next stage of the legacy system, which uh, we can already kind of get a little peek at from the in-game menu, is uh-huh. also going to roll mm-hmm. out into the 1.3 patch. Yep, check out your legacy system. You'll see some of that uh, new stuff being teased. It's up and coming. It's going to be great or great stuff. You can actually, if you look at the legacy trailer, there's a section, uh, just a few seconds of video that says "and more to come." Check that out. You'll see a couple of quick glimpses. Um, really good stuff and just going back quickly to the group finding system Mm -hmm. you need help finding that healer for for a a heroic or flashpoint trying to find tank make your life a little bit easier just because right now the current helping or social thing to find players not quite served um not quite up to snuff Mm, yeah yeah well, speaking of uh, things coming up, uh, next yeah. week on Torque, we visit the Guardians of Peace and Justice in the Old Republic. The Jedi Knight and the Jedi Counselor learn how they intend to keep the Sith Empire from dominating the galaxy. And a new math segment with Nikki, the Hard Mode Flashpoint Operation Preparation Guide, where she'll share the secrets of forging your level 50 into a viable Hard Mode Flashpoint and Operation Ready Machine. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. There we go, ladies. It's be great. Tune in. Yeah, I think that's our whole show, yeah? I think so. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks very much, ladies. And thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode of Torch. We'll see you right back here next week. And may the Force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>